Welcome to the C3 Eastern Suburbs podcast. We're glad to have you tune in today and hope this message blesses you. If you'd like to visit, we meet in Glen Innes, Auckland on Sundays at 10am. You can also find us on www.c3easternsuburbs.org.nz. Enjoy the message. And, uh, you know, what if? What if we lived our lives conscious of eternity? Okay? That if life, you know, absolutely went on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. ever. You know, I don't think that our human brains can, can actually get hold of eternity, right? You know, when it's kind of like a, a brain explosion when you try and think of eternity. Like you try and think of the, the longest time or the longest thing and you're not even, even there yet on eternity and how long it is because we're, we're confined by time on this planet. But the, the best illustration I can give you guys, and uh, this is a total rip-off, which I saw on YouTube of a guy by the name of uh, Francis Chan. Uh, but he took this, uh, this piece of rope and he said, like, if we got this long piece of rope here, and uh, this kind of goes from here, and maybe, Steve, do you want to take that end and maybe just take it anywhere? <laughs> But maybe like this little little green little piece on the end, okay, is life on this planet. Um, 70, 80 years, but more if you're doing well, but less if you're, <laughs> if you're not doing so well. But if our actual lives represented this little bit of green stuff on the end and, and, and the rest of the rope, which goes down there, around there, down by Andrew, around there, represented eternity. And the reality is, is that's not the end of the rope either. That rope goes down the road, it goes around the corner, it goes around the planet, it goes forever. Eternity. It's, 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 it's a, so we understand the concept, but can we actually understand the, the, the reality of what eternity actually means? But so often... So often, we're, we're, we're concerned, and we're thinking about this part, right? We're, we're thinking about this little green bit, aren't we? We're thinking, okay, you know, I'm born here, you know, you're going to get through school, manage to get through school, get there, maybe do some more extra study, maybe get a job, maybe, you know, get a mortgage, hallelujah, <laughs> get a house, I don't know, whatever, you have your own kids, ah, um, work through, try and do all that, maybe get a few years in here where, I don't know, you look after the grandkids and enjoy, I don't know, get to travel over, I don't know, travel overseas, do what, we, but we're always thinking about this bit, if only I can get to this bit to actually do something, and, and, and all our, our time, our energy and everything is consumed by making sure this, this green little bit is working out all right for us, right? But we forget that what we do in this little bit here actually affects what happens right, right around through the rest for eternity. So what if we lived thinking what we do in this bit here, if that affects eternity, how, how, would, we, how would we actually operate? How would we do things? Because we get one chance, one chance on this planet to deal with this bit. And the decisions we make, the things which we choose in this bit affects how we live for the rest of 
You're turning inside. We think, you know, if, if I can just make myself comfortable, if I can just get it organized, if I can just so I can live that bit well, if I can do that bit well. But what if we thought, if I can do this bit well, so I can live that bit well? Because this is a, and, and, and when we read the Bible, we need to understand in the context of eternity. And it's, I know, because it's really tempting down on this planet to, to just live and concern, because this is what is right in front of us, the green bit, right? Everybody lives for the green bit. It's what we see, it's what's in front of us. And it feels very real. It feels very real what we see in front of us. And no one's thinking about the afterlife. You know, when we say, oh man, I'm glad I spent so much time on Facebook. That was brilliant. It was, you know, it was so good. I watched, and I managed to watch that Netflix series uh, again and again. But we do that, don't we? Come on. Maybe just me. Nobody else. <laughs> Nobody else. And, and there's nothing wrong with these things. There's nothing wrong with these things. But, you know, some people would say, man, you're so stupid for spending so much time, you know, turning up to church, spending all that time on the kingdom of God. Spending, you know, why are you putting that money into the offering? Why, why are you doing that? Why, you, why are you doing all that stuff? Why are we making this a priority? Hey, but come on, when we realise that this bit here affects for the right down there, man, it shifts how we live and how we think. And we need a good dose of understanding of eternity, don't we? Yeah. Come on, we need to understand the reality of that. We need to call that, that, that in. Uh, C.S. Lewis, famous uh, writer of the Nani series and all that stuff, amazing Christian. He says this, he says, If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were those who thought the most of the next. See, when we realise that there's a next life to come, it changes, it shifts how we operate and how we live. And I want to challenge us over the, 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 the next um, few weeks to think for the long term. They were thinking that we're in this thing for the long term and for the next, the next season. So the key scripture for this morning, uh, this is the Bible verse for this morning, written by Paul, Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse seventeen to eighteen, and he says this: For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Come on. Okay, so let's, uh, let's break this down. Okay, let's start off your light and momentary troubles or light and momentary afflictions, some translations. Who's ever had some light and momentary afflictions? <laughs> what do we think is light and momentary? You know, is it like, you know, during this week, I woke up with a giant pimple on the end of my nose going, I am way too old for this. Why am I growing? <laughs> Why is that happening to me? Uh, that's a light and momentary affliction, right? You're going, man, I need to deal with this, sort this, sort this out. That annoying skin rash. Hallelujah. Light and momentary affliction or sunburn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Don't have rashes, do you? Don't have rashes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. We'll talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I really want an iPhone X, but I only have an iPhone 5. Light and momentary afflictions of life in this day and age. Uh, come on. I really, really want a holiday in Fiji, but I only got to go to the Coromandel. <laughs> Light and momentary afflictions of, of, this, of this life, uh, you know. I had to wait in the uh, queue in McDonald's for an extra 10 minutes and go to the outside. That was, 
Light and momentary afflictions of life, right? We, 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 we get those things. Light and momentary afflictions <laughs> when your mother-in-law comes to stay. <laughs> Ooh, come on. <laughs> My mother-in-law is amazing. No, no. <laughs> First world problems. All right, all right. Okay, let's take it to another level. Uh, I didn't get the promotion I really wanted. You know, that job I was going for, it didn't work out. Or, or that relationship you're trying to, uh, you know, that boy-girl thing going on, trying to get that relationship, and you got friend-zoned. Oh, I hate that, I hate that. That's a good thing, because you're married. Oh, no, not me. I'm not talking about other people now. <laughs> the rest wasn't me either. I was just... <laughs> I'm just making stuff up now. Just, that's what preacher's license is like. <laughs> Those different things. Okay? Friends, what does friend zone mean? Oh, just don't watch Married at First Sight. It was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ask your husband. <laughs> when you read through this, because we are, we... The things which we face in this day and age, on this planet, in that little green bit, you know, which we get upset about, and, and, and we get angry at God, don't we? You know, God, where have you gone? What are you doing? When these things happen, that pimple on your nose is so depressing. And uh, I, I actually look at Paul's, you know, Paul who wrote this chapter, he's writing to us. You read a few chapters later, and I read his light and momentary afflictions, which was kind of, it kind of like put a little bit of perspective on it. And uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 24, verse 28, it says this, uh, five times I got 39 lashes. Uh, 40, 39 lashes was the maximum you were allowed under the Roman rule because 40 lashes meant death, basically. So, And he's saying, look, look, five times I got 39 lashes and uh, I was three times beaten by rods. Lovely. It was stoned. Not the happy stoned either. <laughs> it was like, God, you know, the, it was like stoned. Uh, <laughs> three, three times he was shipwrecked. I mean, that's rugged. I spent a whole night in the open sea. Uh, danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from fellow Jews, danger from Gentiles, danger from false belie- believers, danger in the city, danger in the country, danger in the sea. Basically, danger anywhere, everywhere. This is light and momentary afflictions. And I was hungry, thirsty, sleepless, cold, and naked. Is this making you feel better this morning? Is this an encouraging message this morning for you? And also, by the way, he was. Uh, I faced daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. He was worried about the church as well. So that's it. So anyone got any complaints? Anyone like to make any complaints this morning? Anyone got anything they'd like to, you know? And he's, he's following Jesus. He's doing everything he can to pursue the things of God. And uh, so often, you know, what, what are we having trouble with? But how can he say that? How can he say my light momentary afflictions or my light and momentary troubles? Because he can say it in light of eternity. In light of what God has got in the future and planned for him. You say, hey, I can deal with this green bit. I can deal with some of these things when I know what God has got for me. And I think sometimes we need a, we need a reminder of eternity because it shifts perspective for us. 
It shifts how we think and how we perceive things, to see things differently. See, because so often I see in the church and, and in Christianity that, that people lose their faith when things don't work out as they think they should. When, think, when they go through trials, when God doesn't answer their prayers, doesn't heal them, doesn't remove them from the situation, doesn't give them the dream job, and, and, and they begin shouting at God, where are you, God? God, what happened? How come? How come I'm walking through this? And I feel like sometimes that, like, like, like God's shouting back at us, hey, look, it's only the beginning. It's, it's, only, it's only this moment in time. You'll get through this. You should see what I'm preparing for you. You know, in, in John 14, where Jesus is, is speaking and he, and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He says, hey, hey, don't worry. It's going to be all good. He says, look, I, I'm going away. I'm preparing a place for you. I go away and I prepare a place. And, and, and my father's house, there's many mansions. He's, he's talking about eternity. He's saying, look, I'm, don't worry. Don't worry about those troubles. I am preparing a place. God is preparing a place for you. Come on. He's, he's got things sorted out for you, which you, you can't even comprehend. You know? No, I see no ears. What God has got prepared for those who love him. We're going to look at what he, heaven looks like. And, and, and it helps us deal with some of the stuff which we actually walk through, eh? When we actually see what God has got for us. Uh, next part of this verse. These, these light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So these troubles, these afflictions, are, are actually achieving something for us, and achieving eternal glory. What does eternal glory look like? That robe. That robe, okay. Yeah, it looks good. Come on. I think it's a bit better. A bit better than a rope, hopefully. <laughs> Get to heaven, here's a bit of rope. Thanks, God. I've been waiting for that. That's awesome. But... uh. But the discomfort, the sacrifice we're facing the here and now is far outweighed, not just a little bit, not, not, not just a small bit, but far outweighed, it says here. Far outweighs them all. You know, if, if, if you've got scales, you know, a, a set of scales, and you place the things which you're facing upon that scale, that green bit, and, and, and then you place what God has for you in the future. The goodness and the blessing and the purpose of God Far outweighs, carries weight, the goodness of God. It doesn't make the, it go away, does it? You know, so long we want the, 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 the stuff to go away, but when it changes perspective, it far outweighs it. You know, James, uh, James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, he says, and I, I think this is a little bit narcissistic, but it says, consider, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. See, it's, it's producing stuff in us. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. See, when we go through stuff, we put it in the perspective. It's, it's producing fruit. It's producing life within us. You know, when, when we see in an eternal perspective, we say, hey, this little green bit here is producing life down there. You know, it's like when, when we're giving. You know, in Matthew 6, when it, when it says, you know, stripe your treasures in heaven. 
So easy to give, because we're not really giving, are we? We're basically saying, hey, God's saying, hey, store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust and thieves can't break in and steal. And we're saying, hey, we're storing up eternal treasure, the goodness of God. When we think in that sort of perspective, saying, I'm preparing for eternity. I'm getting ready. I'm spending this little green bit and preparing and putting away some things because I know there's a future ahead which is going to last for quite a while. Quite a while. It's going to go on and on. And so what we do here matters in light of eternity. Amen? Yes. Come on. Then it goes, fix your eyes. Okay? So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Which is a weird statement. Let's be honest. When you, how can you fix your eyes on something which you can't see? You know, it's like, fix your eyes. Look on something you can't see. But it's kind of, it's, it's fix your eyes on the eternal. It says, look heavenward. Look up. Come on. God's got heaven awaiting for us. But because we can't see it, and the reality is in front of us all the time, isn't it? This world is in front of us so often. And, and so we can so easily be consumed by what we see and what is right in front of us. Consumer-driven society. What is on our TV screens telling us which we must buy. And coming in on our social media feeds. And we're easily distracted, run here run there but it's 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 this focus which this fix our eyes on the eternity what is of eternal value what is with you know people live for eternity you know when we when we look at Jesus when when he fixed his eyes upon the cross it says that he he set his face like flint it's actually a, a prophecy over Jesus which uh, Isaiah records and um, I've got it here somewhere. Isaiah 50 verse 6 to 7. It says this, I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mocking and spitting because the sovereign Lord helped me. I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know I will not be put to shame. So here's Jesus. He's, he's setting his face like flint. He's fixing his eyes. He's focused. He knows he's going to the cross but there's this, he knows the eternal reward and what he's achieving on the cross. So he sets his face like flint before that. So this, this verse in Isaiah, it's prophesied like 700 years before the coming of Christ. But in, in the book of Luke, it records, it says about Jesus, it says, at this time, as he approached for him to take, be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely, he set out for Jerusalem. It's, it's end goals, you know? When we've got an end goal in sight, when we know what we're achieving, when we know what we're trying to do, then that makes it easy, right? You know, I mean, the ability for Christ to endure the pain of the cross, there needed to be. He needed to know what he was doing. But when we know what it is eternal, the eternal salvation of people, then it's easy to fix our eyes and endure. Fix our eyes because people matter. We can endure because we can work out what is important. And last bit of this verse, it says, Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So all this, and again, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mind twist. It's a, it's a weird thing. But all this which we see in front of us right now, all your, all your lovely stuff, is temporary. It's temporary. It's, it's, it's only here for a time. It won't last. This, this planet is our temporary home. We're just visiting this planet. It's just a, you know... I love this quote by, uh, by a guy by the name of Tilhard de Charon. 
French philosopher <laughs> and a, 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 a priest. And he says this, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience, but spiritual beings have a human experience. Well, I should say it in French. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. <laughs> But spiritual beings having a human experience. Correct? Uh, probably not like that at all. It's probably a phrase. No, that was, that was terrible. <laughs> Don't do that. But come on. When we come to, we're not human beings having a, a spiritual experience. We're, we are created spiritual beings. The spiritual part of the, 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 the soul, our spirits, are the things which are going to live on for eternity. We are created as spiritual beings. We're just having this short little human experience on this planet for a little while. It's temporary. Come on. We understand it. This, this eternity thing, it, it, it messes with us. But it's got to cause us to live differently. Different perspective. How we see things. How we operate. How we, how we do things. It demands a response. I want to finish with a, a story I heard of a guy who, who heard a sermon on uh, eternity and changed him. And um, amazing story of this guy by the name of Arthur Stace. And he was an Australian. Hallelujah. And uh, he, he, he had a rough upbringing, really rough. And um, he, his father and mother were both alcoholics. Uh, his, his two sisters and two brothers, they were alcoholics. And, and the whole family, I mean, they were a write-off. They spent most of their life in jail. His two sisters um, ran brothels, and, and he would deliver alcohol to them, uh, to the brothels, and, and he was this, this guy. And um, he became an alcoholic, messed up. He was in jail by the time he was 15. He'd steal milk from the doorsteps, pick scraps of food out of the garbage, shoplift, all that stuff, everything. And uh, one, at one point, he, he heard that a cup of tea, and something to eat was available at, just down at the local church hall. So I thought, man, oh, I need something to eat. I popped down to the, to the local church. He said, man, I, I need something of what's going on there. I need something to eat. And so he popped down there. And after meeting, he went across to Victoria Park in Sydney. He got down on his knees and he prayed. And he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour. He said, man, I, I need this. I need to change. And later, a few months later, in, in the Burton Street Baptist Church in Darlinghurst, he heard this preacher, this guy by the name of Reverend John Ridley. And, and as the, the preacher was preaching, he said this, he shouted, I wish I could shout eternity through the streets of Sydney. And Arthur Stace, this guy, he, he recalls this day. This is what he said about this day. He says, the preacher, he repeated himself and kept shouting, eternity, eternity. And his words were ringing through my brain as I left the church. Suddenly, I began crying, and I felt a powerful call from the Lord to write eternity. I had a piece of chalk in my pocket, and I bent down there and wrote it. The funny thing is that before I wrote, I could hardly even have spelt my own name. I had no schooling, and I couldn't have spelt eternity for 100 quid. But it came out smoothly in beautiful copper plate script, I couldn't understand it, still can't. He rose, he got up, 4 a.m., prayed for an hour, had breakfast, then each morning he'd set out and he'd claim that God would give him directions of where to go and the name of the suburb and he'd turn up there before dawn 
and he'd write every hundred yards or so. He'd write the word eternity. And his mate, it'd come out in this in the script. There you go. There's a, that's a picture of him there. We've used the um, how he wrote it, that copper plate script on our promo this month. Stuff, this 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 word eternity. And they reckon he, he did this for like over 30 years each morning. Pray, get up 4 a.m. Pray and go out on the streets. And he'd disappear before before anybody got up. He'd, he'd and he'd write. They reckon he'd write, you know, up to 500,000 times over his lifetime, just writing this word eternity on the pavements of Sydney. And it would appear, and people would be walking down the street, and suddenly this word eternity would turn up. He didn't like publicity. He had it, so he always did it in, in secret. And he regarded his unique style of evangelism as a serious mission. He became the church janitor. He looked after homeless people and he did street outreach. But he left this incredible legacy, so much so in fact that you find these, these plaques uh, with the word eternity around the streets of Sydney. And when they had the millennial celebrations in the year 2000, uh, they put the word, maybe we can have the next slide, thanks, Jack, on the hub. Harbour Bridge of Sydney. They put the word eternity out there in, in, in a script. And then at the Olympic Games, they did it again. When the Olympic Games were in Sydney, this word eternity, this one word sermon, which, which was preached throughout Sydney. Eternity. Eternity. We, we need that reminder of eternity, don't we? That reminder of, of what, you know, what, what could we do to, to shout the words eternity through the streets of Auckland? that message out there. See, for me, like, eternity is the wrong thing to be wrong about. You know, we, we can be wrong about so many other things. We can be wrong about, I don't know, who we choose to, I don't know, marry. We can be wrong with the job we choose. We can be wrong. We can get, don't be wrong about eternity. Eternity is, I say, man, eternity is, is, is a very, very long time. And we need to think about this. And I want us just to pray this morning. I don't know where everybody is at with God this morning. But if you haven't thought about eternity before in light of this, I want to ask you that question. Do you know what, where you're going to spend the rest of eternity? Because what you do in this bit, what you do in this bit, the choices you make and how you operate in this bit and what you do with Jesus affects the rest of it. So what I want us to do, I'm just going to pray a prayer. And it's just a simple prayer of putting your life in the hands of Jesus. And I'm going to pray this prayer. And I'd love you just to pray along after me. And then maybe at the end of the service, if you want to come and talk to me about that or make a decision around that, I'd love just to pray with you, just agree with you. So dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross so that you could make a way, so that we may enter in, into eternity with you. Today, I choose to follow you. I put my past aside and place my hand within yours. Lead me, help me, follow you. I pray that this word of eternity will be stuck in my heart. In the name of Jesus. Amen.